Welcome to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. The place with the big red chair, celebrating 50 years. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. And good afternoon, good lunchtime, good grief. It's the middle of the day. Woo. Hey, is it warm there? Yeah, a little bit hot here where I am. 314-436-7900. We can talk about the heat, the air conditioning, all the things on insulation, keeping the old man heater. Yeah, the summer heat out. Uh, basically, we can talk about that and more air conditioners. Again, simple things for the next hour here on Camwex. Things like changing your furnace filter. Make sure you're changing those regularly because uh, with the pollen and the dust and basically as things get warm and we've had some windy days and a lot of things blowing and you know flying around through the air. So keep in mind that again, uh, just the simple airflow going through the air conditioner inside and outside. So change your furnace filters inside the house outdoors on that outside air conditioning condenser you know the thing with the fan in it that blows and all uh just put that scrubby dutch uh clean up to it uh keep the potting uh things away so all your gardening stuff that tends to stack up around those air conditioners uh overgrown uh, uh bushes and such landscaping that can cut the air um a movement around those those all uh, hinder your the ability of your air conditioner to operate uh, clearly also give it a little bit of a bath not today because you're already in the middle of it but generally you have to flip off the breaker or unscrew the fuse on the inside uh, if you have a disconnect and you know how to handle it there's a little lever you push down and generally the electric to that unit goes off you lift it up and easy to forget so if your air conditioner doesn't work after you clean this thing sometime in the next week or so make sure you go back out and lift that lever or flip the breaker inside the basement or your breaker panel Uh, but the point is is turn off the electric give it a bath just like washing a car watch out those um those fins are very sharp but i use a long two inch scrub brush bristle plastic bristle broom you know and i take a little bit of some you know detergent cleaner generally from the kitchen underneath the sink and i just give it a good bath scrub it out hit it with a hose spray it a few times Uh, sometimes i have to clear out the leaves and the gook around it anyway the point being that that is all efficiency and likewise it's just like your car if you don't clean it uh, all that your car looks like if you don't wash it for three six nine months or a year that's the amount of dust and dirt that lays on top of that piece of metal and slows down the heat exchange because the purpose of that thing out there is to dump heat that's collected inside the house come through those coils and then blow it outside dumping the heat outdoors and then it compresses the gas again and takes it inside and expands it and it gets cold inside the house and then anyway all of that is getting too deep into it the point being is keep it clean it matters keep the stuff away make sure the air moves uh 314-436-7900-800-925-1120 this is scott mosby i love being here i've been here for quite a while on cam wex i uh, look forward to it every saturday uh one of my favorite things and i you know in my world i feel like i'm making a difference 
difference. I'm helping people. I get to take experience that I already have. You know, it's not a big deal to me. It just is because my father did a good job. My mother raised me well. And I have a lot of people around me at Mosby Building Arts that know a lot of stuff and keep me sharp. And they keep educating me as well. And it's a circular thing. So I tell them my best ideas. They tell me their best ideas. We go around, around, around. We wind up in your house doing what we know as our best ideas. So anyway, that's kind of how it all works. But uh, today we can get together and exchange these ideas right here on CAMWICS. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. During the first hour, I was getting all fired up about the curb appeal and making sure you're uh, just basically take care of your house. Touch up the paint. Make sure things are in good repair. The house has a cared-for appearance. That's a long way. Uh, for those of you that grew up in my era, um, the the hill, if you will, which is our Italian neighborhood, the pride and the beauty of a front porch and a lawn was uh, never surpassed. They always had beautiful front yards, front uh, porches, and that is the idea of the ultimate curb appeal whatever you have it doesn't have to be grand it doesn't have to be fail it just has to be kept and cared and that was the appearance and why that was such a proud neighborhood still is today undergoing uh, many f- uh, further generations so anyway let's get to the phone lines firing up let's see what's cooking here who's been on for a while let's go to sean hey sean good afternoon welcome to cam wax here on how university of casey how can i help you my friend well, I have a 1910 cement block building with a flat roof. Okay. And I am trying to figure out the most inexpensive way and yet the most efficient way to be able to insulate that roof before uh, we turn the rest of the, the building into a, a retail location. Um, mm-hmm. It uh, has 2 by 12 uh we call it ceiling joist, floor joist, whatever you want to call it. But uh, yep. the joists are 2 by 12 set on 12-inch centers. Okay. Um, so the typical fiberglass insulation bat doesn't fit. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but what is the best way to insulate a, a flat roof um, and uh, where you don't end up with rot? Uh, uh, how much ventilation do you have between the roof and the joists? Is the, is the roof right on those 12-inch joists? It is. It's on uh, one by looks like one by twelve, um, a flat uh, pine or probably gray grain fir with the age of the building, but yeah. uh, and they're they're set on diagonal. So you have yeah. your seating, which is the one by twelve, set directly on top of the the uh, two by twelve floor joist. Okay. Joist. I'm. I'm I, you're probably not going to like what I'm going to tell you. Um, the insulation, the fibrous insulation that goes between the two by twelves. Even if you're perfect with it, the best place to put insulation on an unvented flat roof is to build up the roof foam on the outside. So what goes underneath your flat roof. So if you're replacing the roof, spend all you can on insulating that roof from the top. Uh, Mm -hmm. because effectively you're going to have an unvented roof cavity, which means the thermal barrier or the warm part of the house 
uh, in the wintertime starts at the outside or the top of that roof. And it also um, it works well for the summer in reflecting that heat. So they have deck boards, and they actually design their sloped boards pre-made, or you can get a spray foam on it, which is really hard to slope and, and angle. But the point being is the place to spend your money on insulating that is on the outside. So basically think of anything that you put an overcoat, a parka, um, a, uh, a insulative barrier goes on the top of that roof, and then okay. you put your roof membrane over the top, your waterproof over the top of that. All right, yeah, it's, it is, uh, the roof's probably about 35, 40 years old. Um, it has its sins, and it's probably ready to be replaced in, in reality. Um, yeah. And uh, so uh, a foam a foam board across the top or several foam boards. Um, yeah. Well, think about it. Here's how the roofer does it. The roofer basically goes up there, plots the roof, and then figures out where are the drains, and then they slope that roof toward the drain. So they can buy 1-inch foam, 2-inch foam, 4-inch foam, 5-inch foam. The labor on that stuff is all about the same. So you're just going to pay the difference in the material cost and you know maybe 10% more labor on putting that stuff up. So it's it's not only is it the economical place, but you're dealing with a whole roof, so it's going to be expensive, but it's also going to be effective. So that's the place okay. to put it. So as, even as uncomfortable as buying that roof and keep asking the, the roof, because roofers don't insulate much. They do no. what they need because most everybody insulates down below. So really have this conversation with your roofer, you know, and buy the better uh, membrane for the actual waterproofing and buy the as much foam as you can afford to go on the outside. Now, is there is there an issue um i know like ice and water shield if you were to ice and water shield the deck and then insulate is that a problem or is that kind of backwards in the process no ice and water shield you want that roof decking to go right on that uh, decking they might put a felt on it or something for a slip you know barrier or something like that but you really don't want to get too high tech because that waterproof membrane at the top will allow no moisture exchange at all and that stuff needs to wrap up any parapet walls so it goes up over the top and up uh, over those caps where your uh you know your capstones go on but make sure you really waterproof this thing i love sheet membranes and roll form that all get glued together and all that so uh you know i like the tpo and i like the you know poly membranes that go up there but you get exactly what you pay for but uh you can't i mean don't shortcut the insulation on that flat roof Mm -hmm. very good thank you all right sir take care good question thanks sean take care home home improvement scott mosby kmox hour two at underway we are live and lively as mike miller says from this kmox garden hotline scott mosby kmox at your service we'll be right back this is the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. The place with the big red chair. Celebrating 50 years. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. And indeed, Scott Mosby back together. It's a hot, hot, hot day right here in the middle of the country. Oh, mama. But you know what? That humidity makes everything green and lush, so that is fun and nice to have. Let's go to the phone lines here and talk to my friend MJ. Hey, MJ, Scott Mosby, lunchtime here. How can I help? Yes, yeah, so I'm going to ask you a question here. I've been power washing my driveway and it seems my uh, sidewall, and it seems to get uh, soiled in no time at all. 
and uh, someone suggested I seal it. Now, how long would that seal last, or what could I use to seal it? Okay, uh, actually, when you wash a driveway, uh, whether asphalt or concrete, especially concrete, uh, it gets real white open pores. And if you, you know, if you get down real close with a magnifying glass, MJ, you're going to see a very porous, open, almost sandpaper surface finish. So there's a lot of room for dust and dirt to sit down in between those little grains of sand, granule and such uh, when you really get into it. So I, number one, I love that you're cleaning your concrete. I love the look of clean concrete. Number two, pretty much anything you seal it with is good. Um, typically, I like to seal more for a uh, water penetration because if you clean your concrete and then the water soaks in and then it freezes, basically by having clean concrete that's not sealed, that water soaks in far, you know, further, and then you, you can have spalling and cracks and such from the freeze expansion. Uh, Prosoco, uh, or Prosoco, P-R-O-S-O-C-O, is a uh, professionally applied... P-R-O-S-O-C-O, okay. Yeah, yeah, Prosoco or Prosoco, depends on how you want to pronounce it. It's a um, uh, professional waterproofer. We had a, a phone caller call in from one of the sealing companies here. Uh, this is the stuff that was used on uh, the St. Louis City Hall, the very soft sandstone that we have on City Hall. So it's right. very high quality. It's pricey and it really, really works. It's it's uh, it's a spec grade, which means, um, you know, you get what you pay for. It's just a high quality sealer. That's the best stuff to put on, basically. And you apply that with, uh, with a with a roller or a brush or something, or what would be the best way to apply it? Uh, basically, we put it on with a pump sprayer and then back roll it so that you don't have puddles and, and whatever. Uh, but uh, likewise, you can also put on a silicone base, which is a lot easier to find, uh, less costly. Uh, but basically, if you're if you're going to the effort of cleaning your concrete and you get it really good, Man, if you're going to go to that effort, I'd put real good sealer on there and because that stuff's really, really good. Put a pump spray, put a spray with a pump spray, get it on with a pump spray, and what was the next step? Uh, roller. I just have a 9 or 12-inch roller, either sometimes a big 18-inch, depends on how big the driveway or sidewalk is. But generally, I just use a half-inch nap, um, you know, paint roller and a, and a paint uh, pole. So... All I'm looking for is getting rid of the puddles. Make sure you roll out the puddles because if that stuff puddles, it will leave an ugly residue. It'll look like, you know, it'll seal in the look of that puddle residue. So you follow me there? Okay, sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds good. You've been very helpful. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, kudos on cleaning that concrete. I appreciate it, too. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Have a good day. All righty. Bye-bye. Uh, next up, let's see who's been waiting a while here. How about Wayne? Hey, Wayne, Scott Mosby here. Happy Saturday. How can I help you on University of X? Oh, I got a question, Scott. Mm-hmm. Uh, a year ago, I bought 15 sacks of premixed concrete mm-hmm. that I was going to use uh, to set some uh, stone walkway. Now, I put it in the garage, which is unattached, but I put it up on 2 by 12 so it wasn't touching the ground. Mm-hmm. Now it seems to be rigid. Yeah. You know, uh, can I still use that, or is that just pretty much shot? Uh, both. 
Um, it's pretty much shot as concrete because the issue is the our lovely humidity. Even though you're up off the concrete, uh, the air today is you know 60, 65 percent relative humidity. And when the rain's raining, I mean, we might be 80, 90, 100 percent. So the air is soaking wet. So right. it get comes right through those paper bags. So that's the issue. You know, a month or two months, it's not a real big deal. Um, but frankly, if you're using it, kind of, it can be used. It'll still break up and crunch up. But some of that cement has already set up on a low grade on the outside of that bag. So it's a good subgrade. It'll be, it's good to use for gravel, if you will. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't count on it to, to really, you know, hydrate and turn into concrete quite the way you're thinking. But okay. I would use well, it for a, a post, uh, like a, a fence post hole. I, that would work out. But I wouldn't count on it for, you know, real concrete. Yeah, what, what I was going to do is I got an existing concrete walk. Mm-hmm. And I was going to, what I intended to do was was put like an inch, inch and a half layer of concrete on top of that and set these stones in there and then fill in the gaps of the stones just to keep them secure. You yeah, understand? not a good plan. Huh? Not a good plan. No. Uh, even if, yeah, because that because the aggregate, the rocks in that might be an inch and a half in diameter. So it would be a hard material. If you have concrete and you're going to put stones on it, then mm-hmm. um, first off, uh, the freeze thaw will eventually pop those off that concrete, but the best way to go at that is the old school masonry bricklayer stone setter, where you literally do mortar mix with uh, sand, uh, cement, and lime, or masonry cement. And okay, right. So lay it down like you're laying brick flat to where you're bedding it down in a mortar bed. Right, uh, and, then and that only lasts about in. five or six years with the when the rain gets in and the freeze pops them. So, right, ju- yeah, but the cement okay. would be a, not the proper thing. Ah, uh, got you. Well, thanks a lot, Scott. I sure appreciate it. Yeah, Wayne, and uh, you know, I, I would go ahead and do it with the mortar. Just go in with the expectation that it'll last you five or six years. Okay, I appreciate it. Okay, take care. Okay, bye bye. Bye. Home improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. And- this is the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. The place with the big red chair, celebrating 50 years. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right, uh, Cardinals baseball tonight. Pre-game show starts about 5-10. Cards are uh, active Stay tuned. KMOX will keep you up and going. Also, right after this show at 1 p.m., retire ready. Retire ready right here on KMOX. Stay tuned. An afternoon of experts, then to the Cardinals. It's always fun here on KMOX. Uh, phone lines are open for you. We've got a few more for uh, uh, questions here. 314-436-7900, 800-925-1120. Next up, let's talk with my friend Martha. Martha, good afternoon. Welcome to lunch on KMOX. How can I help? Hi. Uh, a call last hour prompted me to ask this question. Mm-hmm. I want to uh, make a kitchen island. I'm thinking that I could use a buffet and, uh, you know, get a top put on put onto it. Is that a... 
doable thing, is it? Yeah. It, yes, it is. Uh, furniture is used oftentimes now very common in vanities and islands. The issue that you face, Martha, is if you want a sink and plumbing or a dishwasher, any of that stuff built into the island. Uh, as furniture, basically, you can set it there and have a countertop put on it. Uh, sometimes even electrical can come up from the floor and run in a piece of conduit very um, uh, not noticeably. But when you get into plumbing and uh, drains, then uh, that's when it's kind of hard. You wind up uh, cutting up that furniture a good bit. But you betcha, it actually is uh, being used more and more and more so you're not alone in this question and quest okay now this would not it would only be for storage in the countertop in the eating surface so it wouldn't involve any plumbing so and um most like handymen could be able to secure the top to to the piece of furniture Yes, yes, it would. Uh, Give it a little thought. When you start with um, uh, something as pretty as a a buffet, you know, a piece of furniture, um, give some thought to how nice a countertop do you need to use with a piece of furniture because, Mm -hmm. you know, a standard countertop on cabinetry looks appropriate. But when you have this really nice, you know, what I call, you know, stunning piece of woodwork being a buffet furniture piece, you may need to go up to a nice piece of marble or something more decorative, a little higher end than a kitchen countertop, although it will work. Uh, just be careful that a standard countertop can look not so good when you put it on top of a killer-looking piece of furniture. <laughs> well, I'm I'm looking for a rather plain piece of furniture that I could paint, mm-hmm. and um, you know, nothing nothing real fancy. So. Yeah. That probably won't be an issue. Thank you so much for your You bet. Help. I think you'll be happy. Yeah. Okay. Take care, Martha. Uh, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. You know, I got into this. Martha brings up a really good point because as we, uh, I mean, as we spend more and more time, kitchens are kitchens. They are where we gather. Um, so uh, for thousands of years, humans have gathered around mealtime around food. It has uh, developed and become a community event. It has developed and become a family event. Most of our celebrations, our holidays, our religious celebrations, all are celebrated somehow around food and special dishes. Uh, Then you get to the 4th of July, you get the Labor Day, you have Christmas, the Thanksgiving, Hanukkah, all the issues, the high holidays have some gathering and communal, usually worship of some sort, whether it's our independence or our uh, indeed our soul. So it's a big deal. My point being that kitchens are now the center of gathering and not just food. They happen to be around food. So as uh, really Martha brings it up, can I upgrade my furniture so there's a little bit more of a homey feel instead of the utilitarian food preparation? And that's why kitchens are getting so ornate because they are... Uh, basically the jewelry of our entertaining space. Uh, And I've given this a lot of thought over the last uh, many, many years. Why are kitchens getting so phenomenal? Well, no matter where I entertain, my guests all wind up in my, yeah, kitchen. 
We know it. We've been doing it ever since all of us alive have been going. So again, the point being that, uh, so when you're poo-pooing, well, it's such a nice kitchen. Understand that is now the living room of your house. And that's why living rooms are going by the wayside because the formality of that living room, you know, we're pulling out the walls between kitchens and living rooms and kitchens and family rooms, trying to connect that space and therefore connect the people and therefore augment, supplement, or enhance the interactions between people. And that's how I look at our architecture and design responsibility is get the stuff out of the way so people can enjoy each other. Uh, you know, so that's kind of the thing. Anyway, uh, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. We're going to take a pause and come back for more right after this on University of Camwex. This is the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. The place with the big red chair. Celebrating 50 years. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right, phone lines open, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. I loved it. This this show has been a a lot of fun for me. And when I say a lot of fun, what I like is the topics. Uh, I mean, we've been talking about heat tape and PEX, uh, which is a water supply line. We've been talking about scale and water heaters and, uh, you know, maintenance on water delivery systems from the utility into the house, into the water heater and on through the faucets and a lot of things people ask me they say Scott how do you know all this stuff it's like well you know what frankly there are about five or six laws of physics which pretty much define structure freeze thaw expansion um, moisture migration which gets into insulation Uh, then you get into slope and all of that stuff so they're really about five or six in violet mother nature things that you know have been true since you know the the creation it just kind of is what it is uh we discover more and more and we mess with those laws of physics because basically building a building is trying to get away with it trying to fool mother nature we're trying to build a structure and um some sort of protection from the elements whether it's too hot too cold too wet too dry Uh, so we're doing um unusual things many of these problems started when we started doing air conditioning and because of uh, the middle of the country st louis where it's so humid that air conditioning really matters so anyway i just want to bring out to you that there are a lot of things that we talk about many of them come back to five or six of those basic laws of physics which then get into building science yada 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 on and on on. Uh, let's get back to my friend here uh, suzanne and see what's cooking in her world hey suzanne good afternoon and welcome how can i help you here on cam well i heard you talking about the air conditioner outside unit taking care of it and turning off the switch and i hire someone to do this Mm. in the spring or like after the cottonwoods flying and i don't believe that he turns a switch off but he takes my hose and he points it down and gets all the fuzz off just like if it was rain and so i thought I I can do that too. So am I hurting? And I, I mean, could I hurt myself by just not turning it off and hosing it down? Yes. 
Yes. It's, it, the reason I do it is for safety. Um, and that's why the little lever, pretty much now anything built in the last 30, 40 years should have a disconnect where you, from the unit, for example, if you have a serviceman that's either going to clean it or recharge it or service it, replace a part, whatever it is, they have the right, without going in your home, to shut down the electric or the juice to that, that unit. Um, and in the corner of your air conditioning condensing unit, there'll be a metal place where you just can't see inside, and the fins will go all the way around. That's where all the electrical is. So if, if the guy you're calling, you know, you're counting on to clean it, he just knows don't spray the water inside that box. So the pros know what they can do and what they can't do. You and I necessarily don't quite know how and where all those electric connections are made up and how waterproof it is or it is not. So uh, generally, they're pretty well sequestered away, but just as a common practice, because it takes about eight seconds to turn it off and about eight seconds to turn it on. I, I just like to share because I, I'm not sure how far up and down the food chain are do-it-yourself cleaners know. So just for safety, you know, measure twice, cut once, turn that power off. And, oh, my gosh, I can't tell you how many times I forgot to turn it back on. And my wife's like, you know, Scott, it's getting really warm in here ever since you cleaned that outside. <laughs> well, never mind. I'll be right back. So... <laughs> So anyway, but yeah, just as a common safety measure, um, yeah, turn the power off if you can, um, because, you know, when you have the power off, you can really get at it and give that thing a real scrubbing. Okay. All right. I will be more careful. Yeah, don't fear it, but, you know, it's just so easy. Most people are spooked out by the disconnect because they know they're messing with electric. Well, that, you know, that lever really is insulated, so you're in pretty good stead there. Okay, and that would be like a box. My house was built in the 50s. I don't know how old this unit is, but I'm sure it wasn't put in in the 50s. But there's a grayish-green box that has um, a lever that that looks like it just goes up and down. That's what I'm looking for? Yep, and if there isn't a lever, then you have to. Then I'm just kind of saying at that point I'd go inside and flip the breaker because now you're into fuses and you you lift the door and then you pull this thing straight out and you flip it upside down and that disconnects. It means that the the fuses are are the shutoff itself and it might be what's there from the 50s, but uh, most of them probably have been changed into a lever because it's it's easy to do. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate your show. Okay. Thanks, Suzanne. Take care. Bye now. Uh, again, just better safe than sorry. So that's kind of my message on, you know, cleaning those units. But if if you're worried about it, uh, just go take a look. If it's really ugly, you know, you can move the pots, you can trim back the, you know, the foliage, you can, you know, move the potting soil bag away from that unit. And those are all the things I'm really advocating is give your air conditioner a swing and chance, you know, to hit a home run for you. Because, uh, you know, even if you put all that stuff around there, that just makes it less efficient, which means you're spending more money to run the electric to get that same amount of cooling. So, again, change those furnace filters, things like that. Uh, so uh, anyway, we've got some phone lines open, 314-436-7900, 436-7900, 800-925-1120. 
Uh, the top of the hour, we were talking about windows, doors, curb appeal, first impressions, and all the reasons that counts and matters. Uh, we just had a uh, seminar at Mosby Building Arts, my my day job and alma mater, if you will, uh, and that was window siding and roofing. Coming up now in September, so about uh, three and a half weeks, September 22nd, September 22nd, and that's a webinar, 11.30 in the morning, and that's 10 steps to a successful bathroom remodel, bathroom remodel. Models, whether it's a kitchen or, or whether it's a master bath, a hall bath, a uh, simple makeover, uh, even uh, mirror size designs. I mean, how you look at a pedestal sink versus a vanity, uh, what the look and style might be, again, and how that fits with your home. So if you're in an ultra modern home and it's very crisp and contemporary, and then you have this old kind of Victorian um, pedestal sink, it's a little bit of a disconnect, you know, so knowing how to line up those styles, uh, the architecture and all of that. So again, uh, check out and log on to the MosbyBuildingArts.com website or CallMosby.com. That's the place to sign up for that uh, seminar coming up September 22nd. And then the next one in October is Accessible Design, Accessible Design. And that's uh, how every one of these projects can be made to serve all ability levels. Um, and, and that's kind of a human right that we're uh, now understanding. And, and we at Mosby Building Arts have been building accessible uh, improvements for something like 35, 40 years. So for personal reasons, that's important to me. Uh, phone lines here, 314-436-7900, Some of the topics we talked about today, again, uh, we had Martha call in about a kitchen island, wanted to know if she could make a buffet into a kitchen island, only wanted to put a countertop on top of it for storage reasons. Done quite often uh, for those of you that are involved in love remodeling and bathrooms and all of that, you're quite aware of how often uh, pieces of furniture are used as vanities in bathrooms to kind of give it that uh, homey little more furniture uh, appearance look. Uh, kind of fun to do that. Uh, so again, that's something that's con uh, commonly done. Wayne was storing his con concrete premix sacks in the garage, very responsibly lifted them up off the concrete floor so that they wouldn't soak up all that humidity. However, in St. Louis, this part of the country, by golly, everything's wet all the time. Um, the humidity in the air actually soaks into those bags, so he's got them about a year old. I would consider them a good subgrade like gravel, crushed stone, but I wouldn't really count on the cement binder to turn it into concrete much anymore. MJ was very good about power washing concrete and uh, on his sidewalk and was looking like, you know, like, okay, now that I make it clean, how do I make it last longer? Well, if you seal clean concrete, number one, you're taking all the contaminants off. You're taking anything that can stain that concrete. You clean that concrete up. It takes on a very white and bright and clean, crisp look. Uh, so keep that in mind because if you clean the concrete, it will change color on you and it will become a more vivid version of white so make sure you want to achieve that when you do it uh, prosoco or p-r-o-s-o-c-c-o prosoco or prosoco as i remember it uh, anyway that's a, a very quality uh, uh, sealer that you'll find around the area uh, indeed what was used on the city hall st louis downtown city hall very soft uh, sandstone down there so that's an important sealer again insulating the concept from sean uh, our two first call 
again, that insulation, he had a flat roof, uh, just bought this, and is trying to figure out how do I insulate this thing. So he's asking the right questions before he gets started. Okay, here's what I'm trying to do. Okay, I want to get it insulated. I want to do it right. I'm about to spend on a roof. I'm about to spend on insulation. I'm about to spend on this and this and this. So again, the design and planning portion of the project, he had enough sense to call and say, what's the best way to do this? Well, with all the technology that we have today and the various types of insulation, and follow me, I, I'm, I'm going to scot this up as we call it at work, and this is where everybody's eyes glaze over. It's like, oh my gosh, here he goes. He's going on a rant. Uh, get the insulation on the outside of the house. So you and I know that between the two-by-fours, um, we put fibrous insulation, typically fiberglass, uh, might have been rock wool back when. Um, sometimes now it is cellulose blown or bat. Uh, so those are ways that go in. Well, think about the two-by-fours or two-by-six wall studs or two-by-fours that hold up the roof. Those are wood bridges. Those will take the cold all the way through the wall because the insulative value of that 2x4, albeit 3.5 inches thick, or a 2x6, 5.5 inches thick, it's still a bridge. It's the coldest part of your wall. Putting more insulation in between there doesn't change that. So you still have these stripes of cold spots on the wall cavity, usually that show up on the inside, sometimes on the outside siding. Um, anyway, the point being is put your insulation over the outside of those wall studs, the 2x4s, the 2x6s. Just like you and I go outside on a really cold day in the winter, we put the coat around the outside of us, all the way around the outside of us, and then we zip it up. So that covers all of our bones, all of our fingernails, all of our skin. It keeps us warm. So the same, any insulation that goes over the outside of the house which very common that's why we have insulated vinyl siding why we're putting foam of various types around of insulative materials on the outside of the house uh the artificial um uh, stucco now the drive it um, the stove the various vinyl applied things are applied over a one or two inch thick foam wrap that goes all the way around the outside basically we're building a coleman cooler and then putting a stucco or finished skin or cladding on the outside of it. And that bridges, that insulates over the every one of those 2x4s. Anyway, I'm getting too far offline, but the point being is that's why it was so important for uh, the uh, um, insulation to go on the top part of that flat roof for Sean. Anyway... Stay tuned here. We've got uh, Nux coming up here on KMOX. We've got Retire Ready at 1 o'clock. Cards pregame show about 510 right here on KMOX. Stay tuned. Lots of things happening. Uh, like me, uh, perhaps you tuned in to Mike Miller and the KMOX Garden Hotline. I enjoy that show quite a bit. Uh, and, uh, you know, my yard and plants are happy and better looking ever since I've been on KMOX. Pretty much because of Mike Miller. I don't think he even realizes, uh, you know, how many homes the effects around the area but that's one of my uh, uh, happy places on Saturday is listening to Mike um, and years ago when I started Mike Miller was on uh, adjacent to my show so I got a private audience with Mike once a week every Saturday and I kind of enjoyed that a good bit as well anyway stay tuned next coming up retire ready Cardinal baseball tonight afternoon of KMOX also seminar coming up here September 22nd sign up there 
paulmosby.com. And then in October, same sign-up place, accessible design, what that means for you. And if you're getting older, that might be an important piece too. Or you're getting taller or shorter or whatever. Or you fell rounding second base, twisting your knee. Uh, And that's typically how we uh, at Mosby Building Arts get called for accessible improvements. Like I had a knee replacement. Now I can't get up the stairs. I can't take a shower. All my bedrooms and bathrooms are on second floor. I've got a half bath. Now what do I do? Well, this is a message from your home saying the rest of your life isn't necessarily sustainable in this house without some improvements of making your mobility uh, a little more accessible in and around that home. Uh, Likewise, we have it with the crosswalks on the street so we can now get around in various places around the neighborhood uh, in our uh, various community buildings, whether it's the city hall or schools, uh, churches and synagogues, the things that where we gather. So anyway, stay tuned. Uh, Thank you to uh, Rich Orris, who uh, spelled me for two weeks while I did some traveling out west, uh, Zion National Park, um, you know, some pretty nice places around, just some stunning beauty. Basically, uh, that is a soulful, uh, spiritual re- uh, thing for me. I just love the West and the beauty of it. Anyway, stay tuned. Coming up here, Retire Ready next on KMOX right after news, weather, and sports.